your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, a good friend of the show, Father Seamus Enright, was honoured with a mayoral reception in Limerick this week. And according to the Mayor Councillor Gerard Mitchell, the honour was bestowed in uh, recognition of Father Seamus' Trojan work and contributions to Mount St. Alphonsus Church in Limerick City and the community in the 14 years that he was rector of the Redemptorists. And the Mayor also talked about Seamus' huge contribution to the success of the annual Redemptorist Christmas Hamper Appeal and his involvement in the international effort to help those who had been displaced by the war in Ukraine. And uh, we're delighted to have Father Seamus with us in the studio for a chat. You are very welcome. Good morning Joe, to you. thank you and good morning to you as well and good morning to all your listeners. Now, I know you're a modest man, but it must have meant something to you, this special reception from the Mayor in Limerick. It did, actually. I was embarrassed, I have to say, in the beginning and I was embarrassed a little bit on Tuesday night as well and those who know me know I'm not easily embarrassed, really. But but it was. Um, I appreciated it. It was a lovely gathering on, 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 on Tuesday evening and I'm really grateful to Mayor Mitchell for it. Um, my family was there. Couldn't help but remember my parents at the time um, and lots of people from the different groups in the city that I'd worked with over the years and, and some members of the council as well. And of course... I suppose I was being honoured, but I was being honoured really, I suppose, as a representative of the Redemptorists and as a representative of all the different people who contribute to the Hamper Appeal. It's really an iconic Limerick event. And of course, all the people who were involved in the resettling of Ukrainians in Limerick. I was delighted that Linda Ledger was there because Linda has played a Trojan role in that. And some of the Ukrainians were there. Uh, That was one interesting for me because I remember the night they arrived after the war began in Ukraine. And they'd come by bus from Kharkiv on the Russian border across Ukraine, across Europe in a bus because they had pets and then in a bus from Rosslare. And they arrived in Limerick and they were really at death's door to look at them. And the other night, um, three or four of them came and, oh, it was just the transformation was amazing. They're they're no longer living in, you know, the refugee centres. They're no longer dependent on the state. They have jobs. Um, their English has improved enormously. And, and th- that was just lovely. And Father Shames, I mean, what are your thoughts on the debate as it has developed on the whole subject of people coming, not just from Ukraine, but asylum seekers generally into the country? I mean... I suppose I'm happy that there's a conversation going on about it. And um, you mentioned there earlier um, the lack of communication, I suppose, from the government about taking the bottles and the cans back and the lack of information about that. I suppose it seems to me there's been a lot of really good, there's been an absence of really good communication about um, refugees, asylum seekers, displaced people from Ukraine. Um, I think a lot of the concerns people have are probably genuine. But I think there are people stirring it up. I don't think most of the people protesting are racist or far right. But I think people are in danger of being manipulated by people who are racist and far right. What bothers me a little bit is how recent it has become. Because, well, we've had refugees and asylum seekers coming for a long, long time. I've been on the board of Doris for a long time and the Redemptors were involved in founding Doris. That was nearly 30 years ago. 
So we've had refugees and asylum seekers in direct provision centres around the country without any great difficulty in the local communities. And we've had Ukrainians um, for a long time. And yet it's quite recently that the controversy has, has, has emerged. So I suppose the challenge there is for people like me and groups like Doris to communicate better what's happening to... And of course... I was talking the other day, I'm living in Dundalk now, as you know, and I was talking the other day to an Indian lady who's a nurse and she's a migrant. And she said, uh, am I not welcome in Ireland anymore? And our health system would collapse. I mean, there'd be no health system if we didn't have Filipina nurses and carers and Indian nurses and carers and Syrian and, and Egyptian doctors. So, and I suppose we're all from families of migrants I mean, my aunts and uncles went to England because there was no work in Ireland. A generation before that, they went to the United States. And I think we need to remember those things as well. Yes, and, and but it's also fair to say that uh, those Irish communities uh, suffered too in those countries, oh, yeah. didn't oh, yeah. they? My Aunt Mary, my father's sister Mary, Mary Murphy, I went to stay with her when I was a student in university in London and I was working in London as a student at the time. She remembered no Irish, no black, no, no Irish, no blacks, no dogs. When she went to England, that was the attitude. It was racist, it was anti-Irish. And now it's sad to see Irish people whose families experienced that in England, um, reversing it and saying, um, well, it's all right if you're a nurse because we need you, <laughs> but it's not all right if you're a refugee or an asylum seeker and you're running away from torture and poverty. And it's sad. You mentioned Dundalk. So what are you doing there? Well, n- nothing much so far. I moved there during the summer. Then I went to Rome for four months on sabbatical leave. So I came back to Dundalk just um, before Christmas. So I've moved physically, but emotionally, <laughs> I think my heart is still a bit in Limerick. So I'm in that sort of transition and that limbo space. So I've been trying to decide what I would do work-wise, ministry-wise. So when I was in Rome... Um, staying in our headquarters in Rome, it was suggested to me that I've had a lot of experience over the years that I might use some of that experience to work with Redemptorists around the world. So I've decided to give some retreats and to do some workshops in India during the summer with the Indian Redemptorists, who were interestingly, in 1939, the first Redemptorists to go to Sri Lanka and India went from Mount St. Alphonsus in Limerick. And it's been one of the great success stories of the Redemptorists in that there are now three Indian Redemptorist provinces and the Indian Redemptorists have a mission of their own in Kenya. So I'm going to do some work with those. I've also, I used to do a lot of retreat work with religious communities of women in Ireland. At one stage I gave it up, I was so busy. So I've taken on some retreats again. And I imagine I might get involved in Dundalk a little bit. But you know, when I came to Limerick, I was 21 years younger than I am now. I had a lot more energy than I have now. So I really got involved in the life of the city. I can't quite imagine that happening in Dundalk the way it happened here. I'm 74. The energy levels aren't the same. I have Parkinson's. I'm doing very well with it, thank God, and had great care from Peter Bores, you know, the neurologist here in Limerick, yes, and, yes. And, and the Parkinson's nurses in the regional here who won, run a wonderful, wonderful service. So I'm doing well um, health-wise, but the energy, I'm 74. People say to me, you should retire, but, you know, I'm not given to retiring, really. Yeah, um, 
And uh, you mentioned Dundalk and not far from there to the border. And uh, I know you and Father Adrian Egan have mentioned to us in the past uh, the key role that the Redemptorists Mm. and the monastery in Belfast played through Father Alec Reid Mm -hmm. in some of those early talks Mm -hmm. between um, John Hume and Gerry Adams. And, And we've seen... Oh, looks like the latest phase in the very long peace process mm-hmm. this week, maybe with the DUP suggesting to go back into power. And what are your thoughts about all of that? Because I know Sinn Fein have talked about the potential of uh, a referendum, a referendum that would be north and south yes. on unity. Yeah, of course. I was in Belfast as rector in Clonard in the early 1980s when some of those talks were going on. I remember the secrecy of it. I remember Jerry Adams and John Hume coming to our to our monastery. And I was in Rome lately and I went to a session in the Irish College um, where the leaders of the churches were out celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. And I was remembering Alec Reid before he died saying, um, like we were saying to him, what was really necessary and I think about this in terms of the Middle East as well. What was really necessary, and he said, everybody needs to be at the table. And I think some of the unionist politicians have difficulties maybe about everybody being at the table. Alex said everybody needed to be at the table because if you're not at the table, you're outside the window throwing in bombs. And that women needed to be involved in the process because once women got involved, the dynamic changed um, completely. So, I mean, I'm glad that the executive is up and running going to be up and running again at the weekend it's sad that it's taken two years to bring it to that stage um, the DUP say they've had issues around Brexit and I'm sure they've had but it's hard not to suspect that some of their issue is about having a nationalist Sinn Féin Catholic woman as the, as the first minister because Northern Ireland was designed for this never to happen could you, in your wildest imaginings, have seen that when you were the rector in Belfast no, in the 80s? No, no, no. I could never see it. I could just never see it at the time. I mean, I saw Alec and Jerry Reynolds, who's from Limerick, of course, work so hard. And I saw Alec take such extraordinary risks himself. And yeah, people real remember, risks. Oh, yeah, people risks remember, to life and limb. Oh, yeah. People remember that wonderful, iconic photograph of Alec ministering to two British soldiers outside Milton Cemetery in Belfast because of course for Alec every life mattered were you Irish were you English were you in the IRA were you a soldier every life mattered and he was intent on saving every life so in my wildest dreams I couldn't imagine that we'd be at the situation where there would be a Sinn Féin um, first minister in the north and where we were even talking about a united Ireland and from your experience north and south in the south do you think we have enough knowledge to be engaged in what is potentially a referendum on unity at this point or does a lot more have to happen? Oh I'm sure a lot more has to happen but yes when you look back we did have a referendum north and south about the Good Friday Agreement and enough information was given to people at the time to be able to make their decision Um, you wouldn't want it to be premature because you know or to be rushed and you have to take unionist sensibilities um, into account because there are, you know, genuine fears and sensibilities there. Um, but I never did think we would have the type of government we have now in the North. I never thought we'd have a, a nationalist um, first minister in a state that was designed never to have a nationalist first minister. And I never thought we'd be talking about a united Ireland. So it's, it's, it's a lot of change in a very short period of time. And of course, 
I suppose we're all thinking about what's going on in Gaza. I think the Northern Ireland process mirrors a process that could be repeated, hopefully, in the Middle East at some stage. But, of course, everybody will have to be at the table. And, and, and women, I think, will have to have some significant role to play. OK. Well, Father Seamus Enright, great to see you. We wish you well. We wish you health in whatever you do. You're always welcome here, as you well know. And uh, congratulations on your deserved honour, uh, the mayoral reception given to you by the Mayor of Limerick Councillor, Gerald Mitchell, this week. Um, take care of yourself. Your views. Your news.